Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast. Now, today we have on Carl Vardarn. <laughs> he is in, um, he's in Ohio. Uh, no, Pennsylvania. No, God. Anyways, so my friend Carl, good kidding, he's my friend. He trained with me last winter on, um, during, uh, my indoor winter cycling program. It was, uh, 20 weeks. We started in November and to the end of March. And uh, he was the only guy in the program, kudos to Carl, um, and super confident in his, in himself. He was with like 12 other women and uh, his goal was to race at coast to coast Michigan's race. So he just completed that two weeks ago. I said, Hey, Carl, I need you on the podcast to talk about your experience. Um, it would be great because I have my unbound experience and this was his first 200 miler and I was following him. It was a tracking system. It was super cool because uh, mine was a tracking system as well. And it's just like he trained all winter with us for this event. And that's why that's again, why I want to have him on here. And I just, I don't just uh, interview um, pros and, you know, I love the stories from just regular cyclists like you and me who go out and try epic shit, right? And uh, we have a story to tell because there's so many of us who are getting into the realm of going out and trying different things that it's just great to hear our stories, whether they're struggles, whether they're their um, achievements, whether they're successes, failures. I mean, everything is a learning curve. And uh, that's why I wanted to get Carl in here to uh, share his story. Um, and I hope he can still, I hope he can get on. There's a huge storm just passing overhead right now um, at my place. And um, I hope it's not going to affect this podcast. <laughs> we hope we don't lose internet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm super stoked to have Carl on. Um, and I hope our time change hasn't screwed things up as well. Cause he's, uh, I believe he's an hour, um, behind us, but, um, yeah, so he, and yeah, here he is. As I was uh, saying, I am super stoked to have you on the podcast, not only because we train together 
and I coached you during the winter, but you had a great, like, I just want to talk to more people have had um, experiences like yours. You did coast to coast, Michigan's coast to coast from its like, so they bust you over to Erie and you biked over to Michigan. Well, the, what happened is I, there was a group of five of us that took, we got the work van and we had two vehicles that run support. So we went up, so we actually drove up and got an Airbnb just south of the starting line. Oh. And then they had the support crew that, that followed us. That was our own support crew. Um, and it, it worked out amazingly. And I wouldn't have been able to finish if it wasn't for, for that. <laughs> it was very, all right. Oh, good. So we're going to get right into that because this was Carl's, um, this was Carl's goal throughout the winter. This was his big event that he uh, was training for. And uh, I took some, some advice from him, like getting my wa waxing my chain. He's like, this, you got to start waxing your chain. This is what I do. And, and I was thought it was really cool. Cause I hadn't started thinking about that and uh, that saved me on my race. But Carl, I want you to tell, give us a little bit of background on how you got into cycling and um and then just all your training process because we're going to talk about your experience obviously because there are some great pictures and there are some <laughs> yes, not so great pictures and we all know what that that oh, yeah. <laughs> that time is like what that means but like yeah give us a little bit of background um so how I'll you got into cycling yeah a little bit how i got into cycling was actually due to my dad uh, he loved cycling and it was a thing that I grew, just grew up with, um, you know, nothing very serious, but we just love going. Uh, there's a rail trail here called the towpath that goes about 40 miles north of where I am in Akron, Ohio to Cleveland. And we would ride that and back for as, for as little as I, when I was, uh, you know, starting at like five or six. So ah. uh, we would go out and do 10, 20 miles on, on the towpath trail growing up. Um, fast forward to college. Uh, I went to Kent State University and I was just off a of campus and I'd build up a, a bicycle. I had a lot of friends who were getting into biking at the time and I'd, you know, build up a single speed that I used to cruise across campus. And then as I was getting ready to finish my uh, bachelor's in uh, performance art at Kent State University in 2009, I came up with the idea that well, when I am done with college, I'm going to move to a different city because having a degree in art in Akron, Ohio in 2009, was <laughs> there's not many opportunities. I'd already worked at the art museum and that was basically it. So uh -huh. I was like, oh, I want to move to city. I'd visited San Francisco, really liked it. I was uh, vegan at the time and it was also like they had entire vegetarian grocery stores. And I had convinced one other friend of mine who was working at a gas station overnight shift to like, hey, let's bike across the country. Let's do the, uh, you know, adventure cycling route and go from Akron, Ohio, 3,700 miles to San Francisco and then live there because I, you know, didn't have student loans kicking in for payment, not for six months. So I didn't, I was kind of. Well, all right, well, this is the time I can do it. We took yeah, two right. months. We rode, uh, you know, 60 days to San Francisco. I lived there for a year. Uh, my, my friend Todd, he still lives there, just had a baby and, uh, you know, has lived there ever since. And so I, that was what really got me into, you know, it was my only mode of transportation. And then when I, I moved back in 2010, when my father passed away, I still kept biking uh, and, you know, would do tours here and there. Like I did the Gap Trail to Washington, D.C., um, did uh, down the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky and would do, you know, these week, two week long events. 
Um, fast forward to 2020, I had my first son, uh, and then the time to do longer events went away, still cycled a ton. Uh, so, but I really, I'm really good at going long distances. Like that's the thing is that we do 120 mile days, you know, the longest yeah. day we did on the tour was 180 miles in a single day. So like, I like going low and slow, the classic, you know, tortoise, like I can go forever, but you know, 18 hours in, I still got punch at the end. And I was like, saw these gravel events that a lot of my friends were doing. And I was like, wow, we, I could, I could transfer this over and some friends had talked about doing it in 2019 before the pandemic oh yeah uh, it kind of fizzled out and and then i really just started you know last last summer was like i'm i'm gonna do it next year i had a few other friends that i could you know talk to and i had a um you know one person who was actually my high school art teacher who uh, we'd reconvened and go to the same bike shop and we're biking together and he was doing had done already done a 200 mile ride and I'm like hey you should do this and then I had uh, another friend uh Tony then he had another friend and then we had, uh, you know and back in November we or, you know it was like October November of 2022 we kind of feel like all right we got this idea let's do it and I'm very much a you know campaigner like come on you got this like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 200 miles is no big deal I mean and we had a few <laughs> friends who'd done it previously and they were like yeah it's just really long the, the terrain's not too bad but it's just long you know so uh and i was like yeah see it's it's fine we have no no several people i knew three people that did it you know uh back in like 2018 i think 2018 or 2019 so that was kind of what had started this ragtag group of uh you know six of us to to uh, head up to michigan and attempt to cross the entire state in less than 21 hours yeah and you did just under 20 hours and you know it was so cool is because i got to follow you on the tracker because i was being tracked on unbound night against you obviously um but it was really cool to watch you like seriously move along the tracker like move i was like wow that is really cool and real time um so all right so you got six of your buddies all right so you found me last year how and um that was kind of where you started the process in your prop in like training yeah i had uh well i was i was just looking for any podcast about the michigan race and i'd found the podcast you did with the people who run the race yeah and i was like perfect and then i started following and then i was like well, i don't even know where to begin for training like an event like this so um that's where it kind of all led me to it i listened to a bunch of episodes and was like all right let's do this so and then <laughs> signed up in october and then the rest is history oh i see there's your son is that your oh, son yep that's my son hey, hey milo <laughs> that's hey! My <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering who was making that little noise in the background yeah. hey, cool are you guys are you off for like uh yeah i'm off for we're up for the holiday yeah yeah <laughs> i know there's lots of stuff to play with if you're if you guys are watching the podcast like carl is seriously into music as you said is he did the art degree but he works in the industry and and i got to I got to meet him on my way back from Unbound and go out for lunch and uh, and take a tour of the uh, office space and the company that he works for that makes their equal their pedals for guitar and effect guitar, yeah guitar guitars. effects pedals like distortion delay devices that just about every band uh, uses you know anywhere from uh, 
just everyone from Weezer to Nine Inch Nails, Linkin Park, Paramore, everyone, the guitarist for Beyonce, like it just, you know, the roster of our artists. Uh, I've been there for 10 years. I started out uh, building them, but then I've been sales manager for the last 10 years. So uh, yeah, and it's pretty impressive and cool when you think when you see like the whole assembly line. But anyways, so I digress. But okay, so Carl found me and I had just started putting my uh, my program online for training. And it was a new program that I had set up where we train three times a week. Um, and we started at four hours and then we moved to, to six, but that is where we all started like sharing our stories. And, uh, how did you enjoy it? Like, I just have to ask you, and then we're going to get into the coast to coast, like getting you all set up and stuff. But I mean, <laughs> I, just have to ask. <laughs> I love, I love training. And the thing is I had tried doing trainer stuff before and I just, I just didn't like it. You know, Zwift was new. So I got that all set up and was kind of like, all right, bought all the stuff I'm in, but I wanted to make the best of it. Uh, and it gave me, you know, a regular, you know, every week or every, you know, the three days a week, I was able to look forward to it, come home, get ready. And I felt great. I mean, I just really enjoyed it. And then the, you know, the other people training in it were awesome. We do our group rides. I love the mix up of it, you know, and then also just the gains. Like I started out, I, you know, I was very much a touring cyclist. I would go low and slow, just ride forever, but didn't do anything about form, didn't work on pedal stroke, didn't work on out of the saddle, which is my biggest thing is I couldn't even do 15 seconds out of the saddle. And by the last session, I think we did 12 minutes without sitting down. Like I just was able to absolutely, you know, just see the, the improvement. And then also as we did the FTP tests and, you know, and watch it go, you know, my FTP go from like, you know, 180 up to like 260. And it was just a really just great to see like, wow, just really put in the work. But again, we were, you know, doing six hours a week. And then mm -hmm. every month we would do the hundred uh, K. And at one point I did a hundred miler, uh, you know, yeah. I knew I was like, I got 200 miles coming up. I just need to get time on the saddle and <laughs> uh, get time with the pedal stroke and really work on that. And it, it, I mean, it, it paid off and huge i was able to finish <laughs> it was a tough oh, race. Okay. it was it was really cool and you mentioned that i'm like oh my god but the thing is that one day one day i like say hey carl you look kind of like you've lost weight <laughs> just remember you saying that you're like yeah i've lost like 30 pounds i was like yeah, what? yeah. I, started, I was at about 280 when i'd started the program and then i'd also been doing strength training three days mm -hmm. a week at gym and working with a nutritionist because i was like i got to get all this stuff dialed in but you know from october to april it was down to about 250 uh which still put me in the the clydesdale class for uh, they had the 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 large people's category which is ah! awesome so <laughs> but anyways it's a big hit with the strength and uh i mean you're a tall guy too so i mean Six foot I, two inches so I, I'm, yeah so it's like evenly distributed like when i saw you i'm like well whatever like but uh okay so let's get into um your preparation a little bit of your preparation but i want to talk like the race yeah because and how you like yeah so let's start with the preparation because i know that you were like doing stuff like i i mentioned the wax in the chain i'm like oh god if carl's doing that i think i might and and you do these like wax chain parties which i'm totally yeah. intrigued about share that because yeah, so, i'm like i think i need to do that with some girls 
It would. It's amazing because it's a whole. It's a whole process, and it's really not that bad once you do it. But it can yeah. be intimidating, and then it does take a little bit of time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and we use the Instapot method where we heat up. I use the the Silka Super Secret Wax, heat it up yeah. in the Instapot, and then we would dip our chains and hang out, and you know, let it twenty minutes and really marinate. And it started at first. You know, it was our first time. It wasn't pretty. We pulled it a little bit late, so there's a lot of excess wax. But we got really good at <laughs> at doing it, and then just like you know, having a few beers, chatting about, hey, how are we gonna do this? You know, we had a our my my work allowed us to take the big Sprinter van. Uh, which were able to fit all the bikes and all the people and you could stand up in it and uh, it was Ooh. amazing and we had our friend albert who was originally going to do the ride but he had had a wasn't able to train this summer and he runs a business around here called akron coffee roasters and so he bailed but he was running the second support which you know so there's five of us who are riding and ended up working really nice um we decided one of the tips from the people who we knew had done it before was like get airbnb the day after and the uh, and the night before mm -hmm. it was like you can stay in a church or campground but it's like having nice beds and like being able to have like somewhat privacy getting up you know even though we got up at 4 a.m to get to the starting line at, at 6 a.m uh but it was really nice to have really nice sleep uh and then you know we'd also had plans so that we'd all share our nutrition as well you know like had different strategies for that again the wax chain was a big one a lot of us it was the first time waxing the chains yeah. on my local bike shop uh, dirty river bicycle works here in akron uh the <laughs> one mechanic yonda he's been preaching the wax chain forever but no one listened and finally all like, right <laughs> you're like finally your wax train i've been trying to tell you for 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 ages that you know and and yeah. it's especially the biggest thing is it really is great in dirt and sand is it really just flecks off all the mm. stuff where you know if you use an oil-based lube it'll really mar up your drivetrain and really just attract the dirt and this it just i mean my chain was was awesome at by the end of the race you know i just took a little dry rag on it. i was like wow it's really not that bad uh considering we just rode through 200 miles and half of it being sand so it really has been especially for off-road and then also it's just i mean i know it's kind of superficial but the fact that you touch your chain and it doesn't get, get you dirty it, it's amazing like, and it looks silver all the time yeah, looks, like that's what every time good. i look down i'm like dang it's yeah. like because i did my road and my gravel bike so i was like yeah you're right it is a really nice thing actually and it, it also like you know basically you got you know every uh 100 to 300 miles doing a drip wax or top up and then hot wax in every thousand is what I'm mm. doing. And uh, one of the other guys, he rides a ton. I mean, 10,000 miles a year, just absolutely rides a ton. And he'd put in a thousand miles before the race on the wax chains and had already moved them out and was just saying that normally he's going through uh, cassettes and drivetrain stuff and he, everything was still perfect. He had a, a newer Otso bike and he was just like, he's getting so many more miles on his drivetrain. So it was saving him money by not having to replace all the, all the parts, uh, cassettes specifically. So, okay. So what have you learned with regards to waxing your chain? Like what's best practice? Like now I, that you've started it. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I will say I'm, I'm still no, no expert in it, but I've gotten pretty good that like, you know, getting, uh, using the Instapot to keep really good temperature. And then I, you know, drop it in and I use a bent spoke to hold it, to hold the chain, right, you know, just yeah. kind of go it in. Um, and then you, you shake it around get all the air bubbles out. And then I let it sit in the hot wax for 20 minutes. And then I turn it off and pull it. Um, 
this is one of the things if you pull it too late you'll get too much excess wax and there's some you know some people say pull it while it's still really hot some people say you want to get it closer to cool down i've been doing it kind of in between we're turning it off still pull it pretty hot but it, it it's really easy to install i mean the biggest the biggest downside on the, the waxing or the kind of first process is you really want to start with a new chain and you really want to strip all of the factory grease and cosmoline off it and there's yeah. uh some kind of nasty chemicals that can be used uh, i know silica just came out with a product uh, uh last month that is one step to strip a chain and apparently works really well uh it sold out so i haven't been able to try it but i <laughs> use the the uh, mineral spirits and acetone you know for now or shake it in yeah, a ball yeah. jar and it's not that bad again it's kind of nasty stuff but um you know considering we don't have to you only do that at the very beginning and then when you hot wax you can either dip it right back in the hot wax or you can use uh uh, hot water to reset it if it's been a while like i'll do like what i did after my race is i reset like mm -hmm. took a, a kettle boiling water in a bowl got all that sprayed it off got all the old wax off and then just freshly dipped it you know right because yeah. i bought one of those um ultrasonic um Clean. yeah. mm -hmm. little cleaners to shake it all off because I do when we did it at my buddy well at my friend's got buddy's place she's like i'm gonna bring you to my friend's place and we're gonna take care of you and i'm like okay and uh but i noticed it like what a difference i mean how dirty the water is and to like you can shake your chain and you can you can, you can hear, hear the, it rattle the you yeah. can hear metal rattling and that's how you know that you've got it good is it has this weird kind of shimmer to it that yeah uh, like metal on metal shimmer and that's how you know okay well cool we're we're, we're ready to to wax it, and to get dick, it get yeah it to dip it it's totally yeah. totally clean so cool all right because i that's where i'm at now because like i i cleaned it and i just put a little bit of wax because i didn't have my 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 um in not my i didn't buy an instapot but i got one of those uh fondue yep. little thingies yeah and uh, it's funny because I gave I, I sent one to Value Village and I'm like, or like Salvation Army. And I'm like, damn, like two weeks before. Yeah. Like, and I had to go back and buy it. Uh, another, yeah. <laughs> That's how it always goes. <laughs> but OK, so let's start. Let's start talking about the event and um, just how you felt going in um, and, um, you know, some of the things that you experienced for that, because I hear from that course like you could is such a varying in terrain yeah. from one side to the other. I know it goes through 11 ecological zones, you know. Wow. It's, yeah, it's the most diverse uh, race in the U.S. for, you know, uh, just really amazing. And then it's just Michigan's very beautiful, you know. So just to give a little setup, we drove up the day before. Well, all of us had done a bunch of training. I did a bunch of longer rides. I did like a, a, a double a double metric, a 200K. Um, and then I did another uh you know, a hundred miler. And then I was feeling really good. I did a, you know, like a 30 mile night ride three days before, as I kind of read, like, okay, that was it kind of get it. And then just started eating, getting ready. So we had lots of stuff and then, you know, made big, a uh, bunch of batch of pasta and beans that we we're all eating and having a good time. Uh, I had a, you know, a little bit of mezcal just to, you know, set, set the tone <laughs> as, uh, as uh, Albert from, uh, Akron Coffee Roasters uh, made sure we had plenty of supply of everything. Uh, yeah. So, and, you know, so, uh, you know, we get into there, we get into this, it was like this Saginaw Bay fish camp. So it's like there's six bunk beds and it was a really nice area. It was about 30 minutes south of the starting line. So we knew we had uh -huh. to get up. We got up at 4 a.m. Our goal was to be out by uh, 4.30. We did that, you know, so we had loaded the bikes into the van. 
like there's a nice big sprinter van we could fit all the bikes oh, in there sweet. just load them in it was nice we had all of our um all of our stuff that we were carrying in the van like we had full work stands and chewing stands in case things were going you know there were five of us riding so we had everything yeah. you know it's like we got a big sprinter van we no reason to hold back you know we were pretty light on what i was carrying on the bike itself knowing that right. there'd be three checkpoints where we could see the van you know mile oh, okay. 54 mile 103 and then mile 169 so mm -hmm. we'd and then we'd had a bunch of you know nutrition i had like what twelve thousand calories or something like that uh that i that i had you know that i put like a portion you know like a third of it in and then kept the rest in the van and would re-up so you know we wake up 4 30 in the morning we we're out we go get to the uh the starting line it's this beautiful campground oh grace uh campsite marina there's a little lighthouse everyone's dipping their back uh back tire uh. in the into lake huron and you know um but then then this was a very challenging day then things start going a little off the rails a bit so my good friend nicole who was, wasn't just had like a change in job stuff where she was brought back to the office after three years of working from home and didn't know they were coming back in so wasn't able to train enough knew that they she wasn't going to be able to finish but was going to ride at least to checkpoint one or two and you know and then help provide support but uh, about 10 minutes before the start at about 550 she her front tire is completely flat you know oh. and so i go and i used to work at a bike shop uh and and work and fix flat tires on the weekends and just we had a rental fleet so i just go in we change it you know couldn't figure it out you know pop in a tube she was running tubeless but then we had to pop right. in the tube because it was they pumped it up and it was still down went lost 20 pounds and like you know 15 minutes or something wow. so we get it fixed and then you know they start and then <laughs> i'm like oh i gotta go and then i realized that i didn't get my tire levers put back in that someone had grabbed them and while helping me change the tire and then had put them in the van so i run to the van so then i start rolling out dead last from oh, you know because it was just because i'm not gonna you know start 200 mile ride with no tire levers like i yeah I've yeah and on of that course. uh <laughs> before <laughs> You know, and uh, and at this point, I'll, I mentioned I was riding uh, the Lauf Siegla. Um, it was fully rigid. I know most people would be like, "Why didn't you get the front forks?" I'm technically over the weight limit. I know it'd probably be okay, but oh, I, you know, I just okay. didn't want to chance it. But I really got that because I could run really wide tires. One of the advice that I was given to me was like, with the sand, it's like, "Hey, look, this, the the hills are not too bad, uh, but the sand you'll want run as wide a tire as you can get." So I ran yeah. 29 by 2.25 Vittoria Terreno cross country mountain bike tires that okay. were semi slicks that were basically slick in the middle, had a little bit of tread on the sides and they were incredible again thanks to dirty river for recommending those tires they were absolutely lifesavers in the sand you know so i you know but i was like all right gotta have gotta have the stuff to you know change out my tires uh you know in case i have an issue just having to change one uh from a friend so we roll out <laughs> and dead last and we're having a good time you know it's 6 a.m it's probably like 60 degrees or something like that 65 degrees really nice and you know we start going and then about 25 miles in my knee my left knee starts giving me some trouble um oh. so the week before i'd had um i'd had a little knee trouble not from a particular injury but my my mu muscle was a little bit like i had a knot in the one side so it's kind of off balance kind of pulling my kneecap a bit my wife's a massage therapist she tried to explain it to me i was like i don't i just sure. fix me <laughs> muscles out of balance can you realign my knees and get it back together? And she did a pretty good job and it was feeling pretty good. But then mile 25, it kind of came back. And this is where I was like, 
I couldn't really put a lot of downward pressure and I couldn't really get out of the saddle. It was oh. causing some like knee, you know, side of the knee um, pains. And so uh, that was really just focused on the pedal stroke, doing a smooth, efficient pedal stroke, didn't bother at all. And then if I needed to pull up a little hill or a little spot, just really pulling up with my left foot and then pushing down my right and then kind of dragging across and doing a more smooth pedal stroke with the right rather than just pulling up and across the bottom. So I uh -huh. had this kind of hybrid pedal stroke that, you know, if when I needed to push because I couldn't hammer down with the, with the, you know, uh, noon to six part of the the pedal yeah, stroke yeah. on my left knee and and that was kind of where I was like man I'm gonna have to drop like my knee's giving me problem at mile 25 how am I gonna make it another 80 miles like you know oh, and shit. you know but you know we were so we roll in and because of that I wasn't able to put a you know put a lot of push into it I was averaging about 13 and a half which again was back of the pack uh you know, cause this was, while it was still gravel, it was pretty flat. And, you know, a lot of my friends were holding 16, 17, you know, so right. I was hanging out in the back of the pack. Um, Nicole and I, she was having some knee issues and some other stuff. And then her tires started going in. So she was like, I'm dropping at the checkpoint. So rolling to the checkpoint around 1030, you know, but I had already prepped, like I had a foam roller, uh, Nicole had set up a massager. So I worked on my knee, massaged it out, took some ibuprofen. And then I was like, you know what? Feels pretty, feels pretty good. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do <laughs> that's that. the another 50 talking. miles. What's another 50 <laughs> miles? Like that's, this is that's nothing, you know? And so I, you know, and then at this point, you know, we knew the forecast was supposed to get to about 90 mid state. So we knew that it was going to get hot this next section, but this next section, I was feeling really good. I passed about six people. I was holding really good. We started to hit some hills, still no sand yet, but the hills, they weren't too bad. Again, the area I'm in in Akron, Ohio was very hilly. And then yeah. the gravel events where I would do, I mean, the hills would be like mile long hill, 14%. So these were like, you know, three to six percent which again we're you know give you a workout especially when your knee was giving you a little trouble but at that point the ibuprofen was doing great i was eating every 20 minutes <laughs> sipping i had two liters on a hydration pack in the back three 25 ounce water bottles with electrolyte solution and um you know and then we're, we're going and doing really good and then about mile 90 i run out of water i am like uh, 90 or 95 about five miles from the checkpoint so somewhere at that point because it was just the sun was baking i was you know again two liters and then i went through three water bottles and i was like wow Whoa. yeah and you know and at one point i literally popped an electrolyte tablet in, in my mouth because i'm like squirting the, the last of the water in there be like i gotta <laughs> get some extra as i was out of my electrolyte stuff and you know, and then, and then, you know, knees started hurting again. And I, you know, it's about two miles. I put a foot down and I was kind of dizzy, starting to have some heat exhaustion. And I was like, cause again, it was 90 degrees, full sun, no shade, really oh, wow. dusty. Just again, I was feeling really good for, you know, till about mile 90, 95. And then it was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta tap out. This is, this is, this is too much. I roll into the checkpoint. I see the, the, the tent, you know, we have our van off the side. I was like, well, the tent has some water. I'm going to get, just chug some water. So I go in chug a bunch of water and then head back to the van. Again, we do the knee stretching routine, uh, and, you know, use the, use the foam roller, work on that, get that feeling good, sit down. I take about a half hour at the first two stops each, you know, where, you know, it was just like, cause it was like either this or it can't go on, you know? So uh -huh. I eat food, they, they, 
Nicole and Josh charged all my stuff, refilled all my water bottles, put all the electrolytes in, just did a quick, you know, once over on the bike. Like I, I was just sitting there relaxing in the shade, get, you know, eating a bunch of food, uh, you know. Oh, that's and, so nice. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like I said, that, that I never felt so bad coming off the bike. Like it was the worst I'd ever felt on the bike. And I, like I said, oh. I put so many thousands of miles and it was just the absolute worst. So I was like, I clearly cannot continue on, but they were like, no, you got this. Like, how's your knee? And I was like, well, I was actually feeling pretty good. Took some more ibuprofen and got everything <laughs> rolling. And uh, that's why it feels good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, feel and, it. And, and, and then, uh, and then, and then again, the stretches were really nice. They were the, like the Instagram account dialed health. They had the like knee pain thing. And so I did these like series of four stretches. I did like three rounds of that and then had the, the uh, massager and just really worked on the muscles around, around the knee and then back and shoulder just to preemptively. I know that, you know, 200 miles on a bike is going to wreck some, wreck some muscles, no uh, matter how good I, I had a really good bike fit that was done, uh, you know, about a month, two months before. So like my bike set was dialed up. That was really good. You know, everything bike was working flawlessly. Um, and then, you know, I take off probably about three o'clock from, you know, the second checkpoint, which is about mile 103. And then, then it's an interesting thing because then there's not another checkpoint until mile 169 where you can meet with the van because uh, mm -hmm. it's basically self-supported in between the checkpoints. So the yeah. only reason you can call them is to drop, you know, uh, they can't help you. in. now there was a, a church at mile 143 where it was kind of a, what they call neutral water stop where you can't meet your van, but there's water there and you can kind of relax. So we're like, all right, here we go. And then we hit into the Highland Hills where this is where we start to hit some sand. And, uh, and this is where I start really gaining some speed and catching a bunch of people. And then I, um, catch well, was it as bad the... as they said, like the sand, is it like, what kind of sand do you think? Is it like just sandy roads or is it like sand pits or well, so at, well, at this point, it's a little like bits of sand roads before these hills. So in the Highland Hills, mid state, you know, you're kind of you're on these like gravel, you know, gravel unpaved roads and, uh, and then uh, they're relatively hard with a little bit of loose on the top, but then you'd hit the sand and then you'd go up these hills and then you'd start to hit these little bits of sand and little areas. Right. Um, now the sand really picks up once you hit the national forest, the Manistee National Forest, and then you get these uh, two tracks that are deep pits of sand and we're talking like uh, 20 okay. miles of, uh, and apparently this year, because it had been drought, there hadn't been like rain for like a month that it was twice as loose as that it usually is usually right. there's a lot of parts okay. where people were walking now luckily because i was on these big tires i rode everything i crushed through it so i was while i was you know hurting the first half my knee was really starting to feel good i wasn't wasn't even feeling my knee anymore i could sprint out so as we're getting to the hills i'm out of the saddle getting mm -hmm. these still regulating you know we start to hit a little bit of shade so we're not in the sun as much you know it started to be about sun also starts dipping a little bit we start hitting five o'clock and you know we start going up these hills and that's where i catch my buddy tony um he was having a rough time he'd had some heat exhaustion i had uh i did have a couple issues with leg cramping kind of in that last in the section um because it was just so hot again i was drinking everything and had two right. leg cramps one at mile uh, 69 and one at mile 95 and then there's one more at mile 110 where and i think this had to do with how i was compensating is that my right leg cramped so i couldn't extend it my left leg <laughs> cramped so i couldn't uh contract it and i just fell off the bike 
<laughs> and I get He's to like, this intersection Wee. and then there's this kind of busy intersection. I look at the other side and there's a tree and there's my buddy, Tony, who's resting under the tree. And we are both in kind of like, whoo, hurt in shape. But like, <laughs> we, we kind of pep each other up. We, we go and we, we, we ride off into the hills and that's where we start hitting the first real elevation again. It wasn't bad compared to some of the uh, gravel events that we'd done, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, six, 7%, again, difficult, but but totally doable uh and then i roll into the church mile 143 around i think it's about 7 p.m you know at that point i'd never been so happy to see a church and then uh, <laughs> now and the other thing is like this road this route is like i think it's like 95 percent unpaved roads there's all sorts of fire roads and gravel but right. just but anytime you saw pavement it was just like a blessing you're like oh this is so cool a little <laughs> bit of pavement oh now i can catch really catch some speed and really just don't have to work as hard and then you see the church we get filled with water and then my buddy tony catches back up we kind of regroup and we're talking like oh only 26 miles to the next checkpoint little we know this was going to be the hardest 26 miles of the entire race as we go through big m uh, uh the manistee national forest um because it was it was it was brutal because it's also pretty remote so they're like you don't really have cell phone reception and like you're just going through these double track fire roads and the way it worked is that you know it looked like you know oh two tire tracks with some grass in the middle but they were just total sand and it was Uh. like and it would be like it wouldn't it would be like you know just and it just went on for miles once we hit in because earlier you'd hit a sand pit and then you'd have a little bit of you know hard pack and then some sand and then it was just like you could just see the the walking prints. There's just people who were walking for like, oh miles. That's and like a then, hike a bike. That's like our mud, but like yeah. you know that there's sand. Like this is part of it, yeah. right? And you're just like, oh my god, how long is this gonna last? Yeah, I nicknamed it the pit of despair because it just kept going on. Because you're just yeah. like, like, oh, this can't be that. There can't because the, the way they were talking about it was like, oh, there'd be bits of it, and there'd be a lot of it, but you know, it, it's it's doable. And then. <laughs> but again, apparently it was just due to the dry conditions that everything was just so sandy and you'd be gone and it was so beautiful, but you were just focusing on yeah. cutting through because it really took a lot of technique because I was, you know, running a drop bar gravel bike and I'd get in the drops and kind of lock out my arms or yeah. else you'd wash out your front front wheel. But <laughs> then you were kind of like sliding and almost skiing on it because you'd be hit the sand and go really loose. You and there'd always be one side that was like slightly higher and you're like, all right, trying to choose the line. All right, is this the less loose? Or like one side was usually more rideable. You could see where there, there was like, you know, there was a 249 people that started the race, you know? So at this point, you know, and I knew at that point I was, uh, there probably, there was a bunch of people that had dropped, but I was like, yeah, there's been at least 150 people ahead of me. I see all the looks like snakes in the sand. And, you know, so you could see kind of what looked a little bit harder. If there was a little bit of leaves, I'd go for that. Cause there was at least something more to grip on. Yeah. And I was, again, I was able to ride all of it except for like two Hills, which I just didn't even try. Cause I'm like, I could try to go up it, but I'm just going to burn all my energy. So it was just mm-hmm. easier to, it was like a, just really big, like 180, like almost, you know, 20% looking hill. And I was like, all right, I'm going to walk this, but everything else I was Whoa. able to ride. The other thing that was difficult is, you know, there was about 6,500 feet of climbing, but because you start at sea level zero and you go up and then you come back down right. in theory, like, man, we're, you know, 155 miles in, we got to be starting to come back down. You are, but they're sandy descents. So you have still have to pedal. So you don't really get the coast and they're really technical because they're loose. And if you going too fast and it was just, there was a lot of work locking that, you know, it was really tough on the, on the traps because, you know, 
I was trying to keep loose, but then, you know, something you hit a rut or, or a tree root come through and then you're just kind of battling out. And I was able to, again, to kind of slide and, and wiggle my way through on the bike. Um, but that's just, and again, some people, most people were walking it, but you know, for me, I, the tire setup just worked really well. I also had a, you know, all carbon bike. It was, it was really light. So it was easy to kind of throw the bike around and work mm -hmm. really well. Um, on my buddy, Tony, he had a, a heavier steel bike and he wasn't able to, he also had like full slicks. He was wearing really wide tires, but just couldn't get any traction and was, you know, having oh, a tough time sick. in the pit of despair, just like, <laughs> He's like, you know, we were with each other for a minute. He's like, he's like, why? When does it end? Like, what? Like, you know, and then <laughs> you like, just don't down think about like, it. You know, we're going six or eight miles an hour. And we're like, man, it's this, this is like, we're going to not make cutoff, you know, because at this point, you know, we're, you know, hitting 8 p.m., about 10 miles from the last checkpoint. And you have to leave the last checkpoint at, uh, I think it was at 11 or it was 1055 you know and then right going like oh i'll be fine and then as you're going six miles an hour you're like, like oh wow oh, man, 26 miles is going to take us three hours to get through you know uh, through it you know and so eventually i get a little bit ahead of my friend tony because he's just walking all of it and and and, and cursing and having a tough time I was giving him some be like you got this just push through and we'll roll and then but at one point I was waiting for him at the top of the hills and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go. I told the sweeper like, Hey, there's a person behind me, make sure it gets out. And, you know, and then there's a little bit of road as we head into big M and I roll in at 10 30. You know, at this point I have to leave by 10 55. I'd been yeah. taking about a half hour, but at this point I was feeling really, really good as far as like legs and knee. But as you can see the pit, that's one of the picture I took at that one. It was just, my face is like, just totally, <laughs> totally lost uh and uh at that point i know i was on full lights like it was pitch black and we're yeah. in the national forest there's no lights there's no it's tree cover it's just dark and at that point there's just all the bugs like rolling in <sighs> again they weren't attacking but it's like i have a giant i have two i have a headlight and then the light so it's just like just covered in bugs and like you know oh. it's like breathing in bugs and i was like well luckily i have the electrolyte solution to make it not taste so bad you know oh <laughs> my just gosh kinda, i roll out like just like just plastered in bugs and then and, and again my support crew uh nicole and josh just get my bike going give me a last little charge and all my lights all the stuff and i spend about 15 minutes and you know and at that point because i was like oh, i have to drop i'm not gonna make it they're like you got this you you've you, you got to do you're it here you, you, you're good you know they're like and i was like how's your knee i was like my knee feels actually great and i was like everything else hurts now but <laughs> you know, i was like at that point you know feet and shoulders and back and everything uh, and just you know but i was like amped up I'm like all right let's go and then i get a phone call uh you know from uh, one of the other guys who was the fastest group he finished before sunset he finished at eight like 8 50 or something like that but yeah Whoa. so it was wild he he was averaging like 15.6 miles an hour and just absolutely crushed it and i was like micah talk to me what are what's ahead of me he's like well you know you start at there's some single track and it's old school single track where it's sandy and ruts and quick ups and downs and he's like you know really watch watch your brakes don't go too fast on the descents because you'll wash out and you know it's really rough and i was like is there more sand and he's going, <laughs> yeah and i was like is it worse better he's like it's about the same and i'm like how much he's like about 15 miles and i'm like bring it let's do it so it's like all right you know so i, I oh god I, I launch i launch into this and there's a few other people who are starting in and 
uh, again, we've got the big tire. So I'm just passing everyone as either, either walk in and, you know, I come up to a group that's kind of stopped at the top, walk in this sandier section. And I just like power slide in and I'm like party time and then bomb down a hill. And, you know, again, it's like 1130 at night and, you know, we still got 30 miles ahead of us. Uh, and, and then we go and then finally I get about to mile 180 where the sand resides, but I knew there was a big hill. This was kind of the biggest climb. You just look at the profile and there's like one last big, you know, straight up, you know, and so I had some music queued up for it, you know, I had some feel <laughs> rainbow in the dark. And I was like, all right, I'm in this headspace and we're going up this hill. I make it up that hill. And then at this point we start passing a few other people and everyone's kind of fist bumping as we're like, yeah, we're going to, we got this, you know? And so there was a group of fast guys and they were kind of, they were holding like 20 miles an hour, but then they would like stop and eat. So we were kind of doing this thing where I, they'd go yeah. ahead, then I'd catch them as they're off their bikes and then they go back ahead. And then uh, <laughs> they eventually, you know, finished pretty well ahead of me. But uh, you know, I roll in that, that, that last, you know, that last kind of, 15 miles was relatively flat but it's pitch dark and it's like you're just completely you're kind of in farmland you'll see like they're like red lights blinking and you think oh those might be other cyclists but you're like no that's the you know silos and stuff yeah. you know and <laughs> you're just kind of going and don't know and then you know i meet another cyclist who was like at this point whose gps died and was just using cue sheets and was like hey when's the next turn and i was like wow that's 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 got to take some thing and i help him out we get him to turn and but then he at that point he was walking all the hills so at that point i continue on because i'm just slow and steady not getting off the bike just going mm -hmm. and uh, just he heading through it you know as everything really starts to hurt but i'm like all right we're only 10 miles out oh we're only five miles out then four miles out i see the the like the lights of the race city organizers what? come through they're like you got this what's your number i'm like 266 so i'm like okay just a few more miles and then i roll in you know and at that point you know, we hit some pavement going into town i'm back up to about 20 miles an hour and i'm just hammering as if i'm gonna yeah, miss yeah. the cutoff but i was going and then we go through the finish line at 154 a.m so that's 19 hours and 54 minutes to uh complete it and then you know my support crew and everyone's there to congratulate me we uh, dipped the tire in uh, Lake Michigan. You know, I talked to uh, John, who had completed at just before midnight, and then again, Mike had finished about uh, eight eight fifty or eight thirty somewhere in that ballpark <laughs> before sunset. Now Tony behind me, he had to bail at mile one seventy one because his light died and he didn't have his backup on him, and he was in, in the middle of like pitch black national forest, low cell phone reception. He was like five percent battery on his phone his lights dead oh. and he's just he calls it and uh so he's gonna have to go back and get revenge and i was like all right we'll, we'll i'll go back with you we'll, we can we'll do this together finish line again. <laughs> so, but uh and then and then we roll back to airbnb which we, was amazing to get a shower you know have a beer and eat some food and then uh kind of pass out and uh, on some really comfortable beds and uh in uh, yeah. ludington and but yeah so that was a uh, that was basically the the, the race <laughs> so how many people ended up finishing officially uh, 192 which is about 77 percent oh that's um, a good number yeah that was, it was good i know <laughs> well the previous year was even hotter and i think they were around like 66 or 67 percent that finished and then the year before that was the rain year and only like 45 or something like that so on average year it was about 85 percent, but they haven't had an average year in four years right so, uh, but, wow. but it was still well, good that's and still I, good numbers yeah and i was i think i was i was uh 
189 out of 192 that finished. So I was, there was three people that finished behind me, um, but I, I got it. Uh, Ooh, that doesn't yeah. rider. But I was like, I, I made it, you know, especially considering I was ready to give up at each checkpoint and be like, I can't do this. You know, with the, oh. And then the fact that we just go through and support crew amped it up. I was able to get my knee in working order and it's fine. Everything's all good. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely, definitely the hardest thing I'd ever done. I felt all the range of emotions and, uh, <laughs> especially the, you know, at the end, like where you're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I don't, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Like I don't have any feelings towards this right now. I'm not sure how I feel. I am. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's awesome. Well, it's it's super cool to have, um, yeah, I guess a, a crew to help you out and also a crew to ride with. Now, I know that there are other events. How many were in there? Because they have like a hundred miler. That's just like a loop around um, yeah, that was the finish. Yeah, I, I know that the, the finish percent was around like 90%, 90% for that, but I don't remember how many more people. Yeah. Probably around a hundred or something, but. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're the only crazies who do the yeah, 200. Yeah. The, but the, that's the, what we are. We are crazy. Yeah. So now I guess you're back on your bike, I'm yep. assuming. Yeah. Yep. Took you a bit, a week, yeah, took, a week? Took me, took me a bit. Yeah, took a, took a week off. And one of, main, one of the main thing was just doing all the maintenance to everything. I know. Um, you know, <laughs> getting in the bike. Well, and I'd, you know, I'd been training and so I'd had a lot of stuff. I'd been really busy with work and all those things and being a dad. And so I was like, and I had this week off from work. So I was like, all right, this is the week where I'm going to take everything, get it, you know, get all the bikes tuned up. I, I, I have owned lots. I have 14 bicycles. So it's like, everything was due for, was due for a full tune up. I got the road bike done, the gravel bike, the touring bike, my BMX bikes all ready to roll and everything <laughs> is, you know, but uh, you could do, I'll just send my bikes down to you. I still haven't like cleaned hundred percent my bike. Like there's still mud from Kansas on it and it's, it sounds horrible. So I have to like take the drivetrain apart kind of thing. Cause I don't know. It's, it's dirty. It's a big thing. It took, it took me a long time. I really just cleaning everything, getting the yeah. drivetrain out, resetting the chain. Like I was surprised mm. the chain, you know, that's the again, only thing I wet. cleaned. So yeah, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it was pretty good. Like the wax chain was, it was a game changer. Yeah. You wouldn't know that I just, you know, put that much abuse into it because like my legs were covered in sand i mean everything the bikes covered in sand you know it was just very which is not good on a drivetrain but the, i did the chain checker after i reset and rewaxed the chain it feels pretty good because i thought oh maybe i'll have to trash this chain and i was like yeah keep riding it there is doesn't it's not gritty it, it the, the the wax just really shed all the stuff and kept it really good it was nice and quiet even through the end you know? Yeah. Was there a lot of mechanicals like um, on from due to the sand or anything like anything out, uh, some out of the ordinary? Super crazy. I mean, we'd you know, hear people having flats and stuff, but because yeah. it wasn't wet, you know, the yeah. brakes weren't an issue because that was like the year that rained. People's brake pads were just grinding down just <gasps> from the slurry because the sand would just create the slurry, even if you're not using the pads because, you know, they're not that that much space. And right. so you know, but, but this year I, you know, again, aside from a few flat tires, I know, um, I've had a friend that had a broke his rear wheel, but was able to get a rear wheel. Um, and <laughs> someone gave him a rear wheel and he finished, you know, it was just like a, a, a wild thing. I had, uh, 
you know um i had one friend who last minute it was kind of a guy jonah who uh rides he last minute decided to do it and he drove to Ludington and then took the shuttle to the starting line and then spent the night at the church and then did the race. He finished six minutes before I did. So he just, you know, oh, cool. just before me. And then he uh, took a nap in his car and drove six <laughs> and a half hours back to Akron and did the group ride at the bike shop at 10 a.m. the next morning, which again, he finished at 2 a.m. So we're, we're, cause we saw photos online and we're just like, no Man. way really <laughs> yeah i was just like that that that's i was like that's a that's a does he operate on a different level or what <laughs> apparently uh, john is awesome he, he i ride with him sometimes uh yeah he just he was just like yeah i took a little nap and then drove home and then came went to the the, the group ride at 10 a.m <laughs> and then after is that when he kind of like uh yeah yeah just <laughs> You'd have to crash at some point. There's oh my god, that would not be me for yeah, sure. I was, I was, I was like, I, I'm fine with taking some a, a week off. Yeah, yeah. So now that you're back, what is um? I know everybody's like, so what's up next? I don't know if you had any plans. I know I didn't, but uh, do you have any? Did you did you? Is there anything in the schedule for the rest of the summer? Or is it more? There's two more uh, rides riding? that I'm that I'm going to do. There's this Magnolia in September, which is a, a oh, okay. event that friends had had done. That one has a lot of a lot of the gravel events in 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 uh, the Ohio area are very heavy in the climbing, uh, really right. loose gravel, really kind of epically uh, hard climbs, like way mm -hmm. way more than Michigan was ever. You know, Michigan was hard because it was long. These are you know be like uh you know 64 miles but you know 7,000 feet of climbing you know uh, <laughs> and so uh and then there's a ride on jeremy's ride which is in october which was the first gravel event i did last year it was like my first thing to see how this goes and i did the 64 and that one kind of set me like that's where i was like i need to train i i was leg cramping <laughs> i was i finished last I, I finished and i had a good time but i was like wow this is a different beast from the uh touring that i'd done before and so uh -huh. now that i you know i finished like five hours now i was like all right i'm gonna do that after training and doing this whole season but i did black fork to start out uh in may uh and then you know then we did the, the main ride here so I'll, my goal is to have uh, four events in for this season you know and yeah uh, that'll, that's and then then get back into to training i know right so uh, same with me i think i'm doing a september october thing but i'm not sure what like just now it's just like i've got tons of stuff at home to do and uh the kids are getting into camps and we want to do family stuff so i'm like no i'm okay i'm really i don't need to race <laughs> yeah. i just need to st continue maintaining right because like i mean I don't want to lose the fitness that I gained doing that. And I feel like I kind of did, but, but whatever. Yeah, we'll have a, and then, have a break and then get back to riding. And that's why I'm excited this week. I'll get some riding in. I also get to spend some time on the BMX bike, which I specifically wasn't working in. Cause I was like, I know I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. And uh, <laughs> you know, cause like, we just got some new pump tracks uh, built in the area, which you know, I was really excited. I love going pump tracks and like, and so that was my favorite thing. I'd build up a, a BMX bike for that. So that's on the agenda. Is that you're going to bring your son to that? Uh, he, he's, he's got still, a little strider. He, he, he likes, uh, he's got a little strider. So he'll be, he'll be uh, on the little strider section. So he loves that. And I got a burly trailer. I pull him around and he loves going for bike rides. So 
nice he's a again he's three and he's he's on he's on the cusp he loves going on his he likes the trailer more than riding on doing the (laughs) that because he's like is papa you you do the work and i was like yeah yeah you do the work okay (laughs) i don't know we're gonna take a little break (laughs) but he loves it we we will go do 40 miles on a saturday we'll go out and go to he loves uh guacamole and tacos so we go to a place that's about uh 20 miles east of here go get some tacos and then oh nice uh, ride back and and then he, he loves it so we, we i know he, he just gets to sit that. back and read the book you know those yep. kids that got their books in there and <laughs> their toys and stuff oh, so- and he loves listening to music so i always bring a speaker so he's always t- requesting all the stuff for uh me to play oh so that is so funny so. that's cool so okay i have one last one last question so i don't know if if you're thinking this far ahead but for next year because mm-hmm. he was like because i'm starting to think about next year because yeah. i don't know about you but i've got to go back to unbound and finish off what i left and i totally was on course i'm like i don't want to have to come back here i have to finish this <laughs> like this is it like and uh i don't even know what happened i can't spe- <laughs> speculate enough um but are you already thinking about the things like when you finish this did you kind of put make a list of things that you would uh, do better like thing you know like because totally. I have a I have a list of things like off oh, man like I'm going to do this like I should I need to do this this and this like for sure next time because I didn't do it. And also um, the training like do you think you would mix up your training from what you did last year. Cause I'm kind of Honestly, thinking about, no, I mean, I, I, like said the, the, the fitness of my legs and everything, you know, like I said, if the only, the knee was just a separate thing. The main thing I would just make sure is I would just get more massages leading up to it. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, again, I have a, my, my wife and her twin sister, a massage therapist. So I should have been a little more, I got, again, I got one massage, but it wasn't fully worked out. <laughs> You're like, so hmm. that was the biggest thing that I would change is I would just be like just schedule the time and just get more massages get it get my make sure everything is all like uh, your flexibility kind of thing um yeah and then uh but as far as that the other thing was a little changing up a little bit of strategy like and this is like a tough balance because like the first uh 50 miles are really flat and that's really where you can make up some time and -hmm. that's where i would really push a little bit harder again you still don't want to push too hard but yeah I, i i would feel like my like I said, my friends, like they were holding, holding about 16 miles an hour through that section. And that, and we, when I look at our training rides, we were doing about the same amount of miles per week, averaging about the same amount of miles. And he mm-hmm. finished about midnight. So I know that I could gain a little bit of ground in those sections. Um, and then, you know, if, if my knee's in better shape, I'd be able to take a little less time at the checkpoints and just kind of refuel, get back onto it, do my few stretches and really uh get back on it and go um again but I, I wouldn't change anything on the bike setup i mean it was really really good the only thing i would change is in that second area and i was doing that um for the next out for the between checkpoints two and three was i added a fourth water bottle that i carried in my jersey pocket with electrolytes right um so having the two liters on the back and then four water bottles which again i didn't think <laughs> that, that you know that in 50 miles i would go through all of that but i did uh, yeah. when it was really hot. So just, so that was the biggest thing was just having a little more 
fluid Oregon doing it faster, you know, but you know, uh, so <laughs> yeah, just doing it a that's little always bit hindsight, right? You're like, yeah. I need to be faster. You're like, Oh, but specifically <laughs> on that first section. Cause you kind of have to, and again, it's that balance, but I also know like I can still hold it pretty good. Uh, you know, the second section is, it was, is a tougher section, but really that first section, if I were able to get a little bit more and again, being able to be with the, and there was a lot of people doing some pace lines and some drafting and oh. really getting that down because I was in the back of the pack. There wasn't any of that, but yeah. uh, the other three people who I was, was riding with, they were in there and they were holding really good. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, if I could be in those and gain a little bit of time in those in that first half of the race before the sand goes, because again, I, I was doing really good. I made up a good time between checkpoints three and the last, but you know, the sand is just going to be slow. Um, right. I felt like I was still faster riding it and didn't, didn't take too much energy because my, not only were my tires, my tire pressure was dialed in really good, um, which is, it's also silly when you're running that big of a tire, you know, I was running 21 pounds in the front and 22 in the rear and that oh, wow. was perfect. And I, I had a little bit more uh, for the first half of the race, but, and then, you know, I think I was at like 22 for the front and 23 for the first half. And then I dropped about a pound or two uh, out of each at, going into the Sandy sections. And that was magnificent. It just worked wow. really well, you know? Um, and there are some other tires that aren't as wide that, you know, Mike, my, my coworker or um, friend, Micah, who rode with it, he had the uh, Schwalbe G1 R's. Those are the ones I had. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he rolled perfectly through the sand. I think that the way that those kind of almost act like paddles, like worked really good, even though hmm. they weren't that wide. Uh, well, were they 40s? Some people running like 38s or something like that, but all of my crew, like in, in the Akron area, we all love big tire stuff. So like we're running like fifties and 2.0s. And so it's like to run with the, <laughs> the racers who are all trying to go a little narrower. And so we're like, 45 is narrow to us you know? oh my god but, uh, the, oh, god. but the, the swallow the tire that you run would was, was absolutely amazing for that so if you do ever do yeah. michigan coast to coast that tire is what uh i'd recommend so yeah 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 i kind of think of a training like i've got my list of things i would do i would do that i didn't do and because i'm like i gotta sit down write this right away before i forget but uh like for the training i think i just keep to what we were doing and uh because it's it's always like oh yeah we need to do more yeah but you know we just don't have time to fit that all in you know what i mean like i mean i was still riding six to seven hours a week and that's how i felt like yeah. i was i took a bunch of days off work just every i didn't work a full week in june because every week i just took a day off to just ride you know, oh, and, nice. You know, and that was which is again, which I would again do again, because it was just uh -huh. nice to be like, okay, cool. Every week I'm getting in the longer ride and then I'm, I'm commuting to and from work. So I'm just getting mm -hmm. time on the saddle. And, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm very familiar with that saddle. It was a, it was a physique pave or pav or something like that, that I've had <laughs> for like 10 or 12 years, maybe even longer. I think it was got in 2010, but it just, works really well and you know i had you know on the fit and uh, and it just like yeah that that part was fine because everyone's like oh how was your butt i was like everything else hurt like that was all dialed in that oh. was fine you know oh, i mean it was lucky a, you yeah it was no we didn't have any wet <laughs> wetness and rain though yeah. i did bring a change of change of bibs and jerseys for every checkpoint 
in, in case it rained you know oh. so like because that was the thing as i knew that like as we, after we talking i was like ha- getting it dry down there is the only way to keep it from getting real bad and yeah luckily i was able to keep everything really good and uh didn't have any issues with that or the bike you know it was just the just the the knee and the heat but you know we we rolled through it and we finished and, and then we're just like all right and at that point i was like i know everyone was like not wanting to go but i'm like tony so when are you going back next year two years he's like oh, i don't want to think about it and then eventually it's like all right we're gonna do it so, are you gonna do it again next year i don't know if it's next year is in one or two years i'm definitely going to do some more gravel events uh you know if i don't do that there's this gravel event called funk bottom uh that oh. is the week before that a lot of my friends do and it's absolute just mayhem of climbing um and so if i if i if that's my focus i'm definitely going to work even more uh out of the saddle and more climbing because it's right. like eighty five hundred feet of climbing in 60 miles like just oh uh, yeah Whoa. just yeah it, it it prides itself on being the most brutal one in the ohio gravel grinder series or whatever and holy um, yeah. so it's but again it's like what do you do it's like well let's let's go but everyone <laughs> i have a lot of friends that they go every year like oh you gotta do funk and i'm like if I'm not doing coast to coast next year, I'll do funk and I'll, I'll be, I'll be yelling at you for suggesting yeah. I do it, but we'll finish it. And then we'll all be having some beers. <laughs> yeah. And then you can add another one. Cause it's, you know, just to, because it's not as long. Yeah. Well, the other thing is Micah, who he had did a, a, a mountain bike race the week after. So there's this past weekend that was a relay called the rain of pain in Tuscazor. And it was basically, <laughs> Uh, you there is like a uh, you do as a two person relay team where one person would do a lap and the other person would do a lap and you did it for I think it was like eight hours six hours or eight hours or something it was, yeah it was eight hours yeah it was eight hours and so I think they each got in like two or three laps and yeah it was a wild uh, wild ride. I do something like that that is fun it's called Hurton and Halliburton okay yeah so it's like an eight hour it's a 27k uh, loop and you just do it as many many times as you can. So you can do it in teams or you can do it solo. I've done it two years as solo. I think I'm gonna do it as a team with my husband. I'm trying to convince him to do it. I'm like <laughs> I, I love all these all these different events and uh, I know there's a there's a couple other people in the in the crew had uh had were like, Oh, I found this event and stuff. So we'll we'll I'll be up to something definitely. So I know I'll be training hard for next year and my, my thing is probably just focus on even more climbing stuff you know because the michigan level of climbing i was totally fine like i didn't feel bad on any of the hills like all of that was good i was able to you know get out of the saddle really efficiently and then when i was in the sound sand i was out of the saddle the whole time so all of that oh wow uh, training because it's like you know i was you know kind of you know locking out in the drops getting mm-hmm. in a position getting a good point and skiing the bike over the yeah sand. yeah yeah but no you kidding. know so being uh-huh. off the set but it was like you know like just a really section of just especially going down yeah exactly like just uh yeah so it was it was mm-hmm. it was invaluable but and but again i can always be even better at it and just keep on getting stronger and building up building up speed um you know just getting faster because again i was never into racing thing and now i'm just like oh trying to finish but as i get better and i was like all right well i can do this and i have the the whatever it is that in you that was like oh yeah i did road 19 hours and 54 minutes let's go ride again you know so it's like (laughs) all right how do we keep refining that and keep working on it so yeah 
Yeah, I know. That's well, those it's funny because I was just thinking like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I could do something shorter. It's it's a weird feeling because I feel that I don't know, maybe it's just unbound that the shorter one is way more competitive. Yeah, because there's like 10 times more people and I'm like, you know, I don't really want to feel competitive and, and stuff like that. So you do the longer one, there's like way less crazy people doing it. So you have like all the all this pressure is taken off you. And I'm like, OK, now I just got to watch time so that I don't and I didn't watch my time much. So I didn't so I can make it to the finish, you know it's 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 a whole it's a whole different and that was what was really nice about the michigan ride everyone had a really good sense of camaraderie i mean yeah, yeah there's the pointy end of the spear that finishes in like 10 hours like yeah. who knows about them but everyone else i ran into was great everyone you know fist bumps and just we got this you know and was yeah. really great as a, as the checkpoints as we walk, walked up like zombies and you know yeah refueled and especially at that church checkpoint and uh i, I did a live update and i rewatched it i was like man i totally yeah. out of, you know, yeah, like, you're like at the time i feel like yeah i feel good i got this and then, then i'm just like i'm at the church at mile 143 i know i'm like some miles no look at him but like i looked like that too in the morning after like biking for 12 hours it's like what well, i need a little napper now yeah, it was a so on the saddle time i had 17 hours and 30 minutes uh, oh okay time was uh 19 hours and 54 minutes so, uh, you, know, so you can you can shorten those transitions for yeah, sure exactly so that, that's, that's kind of my focus time. is really uh -huh. just dialing in the the checkpoints and yeah the support crew uh and now that they've you know done it before i mean there might be a different crew but there'll definitely be people who've either uh, done the ride doing support for us or you know my buddy josh who i probably can rope him into doing it again it's a good, <laughs> good weekend adventure so yeah um but yeah so that's the it was a it was an amazing experience i end up um so my average mile per hour for the whole section was a, a 11.7 so you know like all things considered i was like you know what i'll, I'll take it you know yeah that gives me a baseline and uh, yeah exactly. go from there and then like the range of in our group you know was a, like 15.6 so it's like all right we got some got some work we can work on getting mm -hmm. that down and uh, it'd be nice to my eventual goal would be to finish before the sunset at 9 30 uh sometime yeah. now that's a shaving off a lot of hours it's like four hours or something like that but like said you know i could i could shave at least an hour hour and a half off the stops if not more depending yeah. as long as things are going good again but that's the other thing about these endurance events you can't control the weather Who i knows? know maybe pouring and you know you maybe have a mechanical so you can have all these plans uh, uh but just know that like all right well you got the fortitude to finish it and at least now i know each section so i can really strategize like, all right push here i know that this goes on so i'll let off a little bit here and yeah. then knowing that the sand does eventually end so. yeah <laughs> sand does eventually end you know and that's the thing like it's like oh my god okay i gotta go back but what if something else doesn't what if something else happens and i don't get to finish it again and i'm like oh it's it's hard to think about that because it's so long right like i was lucky i didn't have any mechanicals like compared to people who were just dropping out left and right because of their bikes and um i'm just like well i i have to have to have to change finish you know regardless you know, it's it. it's 
it's such a weird mind game not mind game just like the whole oh, going on in there but yeah, you did and the thing with that is like you know you just got to focus on the things you can control and minimize yeah. those variables as much you're like all right make sure a bike's been worked on a mechanic got yeah. spare parts that if you do need to change out something yes like that. True, like, you know true. i brought a whole separate wax chain so if things were really bad or something happens like i yeah you know just throw in a new chain you know yeah. knowing that sand and if it you know because it was supposed to rain like the day after and like the forecast kept changing and so i'm just like it thunderstormed the day after if we would have done it one day later it would have been a totally different race you know going right through, uh that so uh just you know knowing that like okay we've got all the the plan for as much as we can control and then <laughs> that's right that, like okay what's it gonna be like outside today what yeah, are we I, gonna I get with a guy for a section uh, uh christopher he he tried it in the year that it rained and he bailed i think after the first checkpoint and then he got to mile 143 and then bailed at the church this time. So he's going, you know, so he's, yeah. So it was like, he had uh, a, a tough go at it and he, but he's, he's like, all right, we got it. And so I was like, come on, let me know what year I'll go. I'll come back with all y'all. Let's do it. You guys are going to finish. We're going to get through it. <laughs> you know? And I was like, uh, just really, I don't know. Everyone's got a really good attitude. Even those who didn't finish again, even though it was difficult, but it was mm -hmm. again, just, figuring out all right how can you make your body do this for this long how can you make your mind stay in the game uh little little stuff you know especially at night when you're going through and there's like all sorts of little critters going on there's an owl hooing at you you start giving them names you're like come on jack leave me let, let me be for a minute you know? <laughs> uh, celebrating every time we had the pavement you know i had a little song i sang every time pavement came because it just made gave me a little bit of a little reprieve <laughs> from the gravel and vibration i was like all right oh god really vibration. and then lots of lots of good little little snacks a little uh little fruit balls i had and a couple little things uh crackers that i would or my little treats you know a little bit of oh yeah i need more honey, treats you know so and yeah. mcdonald's <laughs> We had, a, we had Detroit pizza on the way back. That was my whole thing. I was like, all right, we get an excuse to stop in Detroit for my favorite style pizza, the square, uh, caramelized butter crust corners, uh, amazing. Oh my God. Buddy's pizza. It was absolutely worth it. Best. It was just like, you know, the next day after you're just like, I'm so hungry. I can't eat enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that's super awesome, Carl. I'm so excited to have, uh, gotten you on the podcast to share your experience at coast to coast so where can people follow you um instagram are, yeah. is uh just a eqd carl on instagram and then i'm on facebook just under my name carl wondering and that's really it i don't really do twitter but all right cool well thanks a lot again and uh, if anybody's looking to do coast to coast you know who to reach out to for some tips and tricks to get you across if anybody's doing unbound you can reach out to me excel i can't <laughs> talk about the early one i did enough mud to talk about the mud but and you can always reach out and follow the podcast on youtube as well as instagram so thanks so much everyone have an amazing day and thanks a lot carl for sharing this i can't wait to get this up on the podcast thanks for having me it was great awesome oh, thanks yeah. i can't stop it i don't know why recording <laughs> stop yeah disabled anyways doesn't matter but
Well, thanks for for jumping on on your day off. So I guess you guys got uh, some plans for tomorrow. Um, just just doing some grilling out and seeing some. Oh, some grilling, and, yeah. And then, and then uh, <laughs> still got some house projects around, like working on uh, fixing up a area where we had some bushes removed, and then I got some deck stuff, and then cleaning the garage and getting all oh, the God. all the stuff that I put <laughs> off while I was just riding my bike the whole time. So now it's like, all right, back to. <laughs> This back is my to, reset week to get as much back to yeah. normal before we start prepping for Magnolia. And getting mm, that sounds good. Same here. Same here. Getting all my gardening done. Yeah. Like I did a massive amount before I left because I'm like, I've got to get this done before I leave here because like nobody's going to do it. Do and it. Yep. Like the vegetable garden, just like, just make sure it doesn't die while I'm gone. <laughs> my chickens are okay. <laughs> but now it's like everything else. And yeah, and I've really got to take apart my bike because it sounds horrible. I'm like, sorry. It's like clank. It's like clanking. Like, yeah, I'm like, sorry, everybody. It's just haven't taken the time to fix it yet it's, it's just so much and it's like in theory like oh yeah it's really easy and you're like no it's just no it's it's thing. like one of those like four hour jobs because you just got to take everything apart because like i've been known to lose parts like and it's not something like on my my campy my road bike i lost this major clamp that goes in the drivetrain like the bottom and you can't put it together without it and i lost in the grass i'm like of course i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna put it here so i don't lose it and i was like oh where the and fuck now it's gone. It? Uh, and it took a while to order it so yeah. things like that you know you just have to take it has to be like a a zen chunk of time yeah that's what that's why i was like when i sit down and do a bike i was like i gotta do it all you know mm -hmm. take off the cassette clean up you know yeah. take the wheels off retrue them get everything going and get it all waxed up and yeah but i did my go. chain i cleaned that straight away and i just put wax on it like the drip wax not like just from the bottle yeah. like i haven't done the, the wax dip because i had to go buy a new melting pot <laughs> so like because i wanted to have that just specific so when it you know, it just I just put all the rest in there and just leave it, and it would harden, and then I just reuse it again. So I didn't want to use like something else I had to put on the stove, and yeah, it's just a know, whole. I can plug everything together and have like the whole station set up. I was like, I'll do what Carl did. <laughs> the the uh, the the drip wax has worked really well. I've done that in between, and like I've been really happy with just the whole wax system in general. Yeah. And now it's. Uh, well, they do say like every 500 kilometers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and then, that's why. And then it's like, like, and then you, and then if you run in rain and muck, you know, a little bit sooner, you know, and then, you know, it's just all yeah. kind of varies. But what's nice is that like compared to just a drip oil, oil, it's way easier. You're just, all right. And just, you just got to know, like, okay, what day do it before and then, you know, give at least 24 hours to, to get a good set in it's like four hours i think is technically the cure time but you know overnight is the best you know oh for your chain like the wax wax yeah, yeah. oh okay so that's kind of that's okay. what the, the idea that's the that's one of the main reasons why some people won't do it They're like oh if they just you know throw on some oil and go for a ride it's easier in a ways but again not having the, the mess to clean up and then only having to do it every you know couple hundred miles is, yeah yeah it's, uh, it's been a it's been a game changer i thought i was I wasn't sure if I'd switch it all to all of my bikes, but I'm, I'm moving every single bike I have to it, you know? Yeah. So that's the other thing is I'm uh, this week going to be waxing a bunch more chains. I, yeah. uh, uh, unfortunately, cause I, 
I have a lot of bikes and a lot of things and my garage had starting to become a, a big chaotic mess. I'd bought chains for all of my bikes and I misplaced where I put them. So I have a stack of six oh. chains somewhere in my garage. I know that's, they're there. That's why you got to go clean it. I got to clean the garage. It. And then it's like, <laughs> we got to wax six chains and then <laughs> to like that, get the rest of my bikes money. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. I was like, I can't afford it. Cause I also have my, my mountain bike with the 12 speed, like, mm. you know, SRAM chain that was like $80 for its itself, you know, they're and I was not like, cheap. I know. I was like, I'm not buying. I was like, I'm not, I'm not riding that bike until I find that chain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your wife's probably like, yeah, great idea. Yeah. The garage there. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks so much again. And, um, uh, I'll probably be going up at the end of the month, but okay. you will get an email when it does so that you can share it and, uh, please tag me and all that good stuff. I will. Thanks again for having me. It was great. All right. Thanks a lot, Carl. Take care. See ya. Bye. All right, well, there you have it. There's Carl, and I am super stoked to have him as a friend. And uh, it just goes to show, like, you know, uh, a lot of um, my clients who joined me this past winter have gone on to do a lot of great events, whether they're races or travel. Um, the thing that they've experienced is just better overall fitness and um being able to a one of my friends christine being able to keep up with her husband yeah good technique for uh endurance and anyways but i loved his story and i don't know if i'd take sand over mud would you take sand over mud i'm not sure i think i would take mud because you could probably bike around it. I don't know. My, my situation to his situation sound kind of different because I'm envisioning, um, you know, the forests and, you know, the more the people just ride on the roads, the more chewed up it gets and sandy it gets. Um, where mud, we had the option of bailing into the grass and, and biking up there. So anyways, but thank you so much for listening and please do share this. And if you're interested in um, uh, listening to the podcast that um, I had on Coast to Coast, it was, I think it was like around 101 episode because I did it around the same time as I did Barry Roubaix last year. And um, we're just going to double check because it's really worth listening to. And that's how Carl got uh, interested into, um, into uh, doing that gravel event. So it's episode 181, Coast to Coast Gravel Grind with Mark Van Tongren. And uh, that is the episode where I was uh, interviewing him as an event coordinator and telling us about that event. So anyways, I was supposed to do that last year, the 100 miler, but uh, I had to bail because I was really sick post COVID. Um, crazy. I was on my way to, I was that morning, I was supposed to drive down uh, 12 hours to the start 
and um, I woke up, I had a sore throat, I was dizzy, and uh, I had to bail that Thursday morning. And it was tough because, well, because I really don't like bailing, um, but I really did not want to get stuck in the States sick. And it's a good thing I didn't go because a couple drives later, my car broke down. <laughs> So like the one that I was going to take, it really, it absolutely died. Um, so uh, that was just a sign, I think. So anyways, have a great one. Don't forget to follow us on uh, YouTube and put those notifications on on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss another episode. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.